Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. If you'd like more content like this, visit us on our website at www.surechurch.com. The following sermon was preached on Good Friday, April 2nd, 2021, on the basis of John chapter 19, verses 17 to 30. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha, where they crucified him, and with two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from the top to the bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put put the sponge on the stalk of a hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This is God's word. You may be seated. Calling this day Good Friday seems to be a great contradiction. After reading the the seven words of the cross, after reading the, the gospel lesson that we just read, it's hard to see much good in this day. Our gospel lesson here opens with Jesus carrying his own cross. Now, now this cross is pretty big, and it would be pretty heavy for, for a lot of you. But imagine carrying a cross that, that perhaps was bigger than this, after being flogged within an inch of your life. In fact, Mark's gospel records a specific detail for us. It says that that Jesus was unable to carry the weight of this this cross. It was too heavy for him. He was too weak. And so they actually had to pluck a man from the the crowd, Simon from Cyrene, just a, a random guy standing in the crowd, and he had to help him carry his cross to Golgotha. That, that was their destination. It was this skull-shaped hill on the outside of, of Jerusalem where Jesus was raised up on this cross, hung between two criminals. After all, crucifixion was a death for criminals. It was excruciating and it was humiliating. It was meant to be that way. It was meant that way so that everyone who saw the, these men who were lifted up on these crosses, who were crucified, who were humiliated, would know that they should not mess with the Roman government. 
This is what happens to someone who steps out of line. And here we see Jesus. Excruciating pain he is suffering. The humiliation of the cross. And we get a couple details of this humiliation because that was a big part of the process of crucifixion. John records two things that were somewhat humiliating for, for Jesus here. The first is the sign that was posted above Jesus. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Some king. Huh? He's being murdered on a cross, dying the death of a criminal. And on top of that, if he's the king of the Jews, then why are his own people killing him? Whether or not Pilate meant this sign as a mockery, it came off that way. Pilate also put the sign up there as a little jab at the Jewish leaders. You see, Pilate didn't want to put Jesus on the cross. He wanted to wash his hands of this whole thing. He would rather have just had Jesus flogged and, and released him. In fact, he, he tried to, to get them to pick Barabbas to die on the cross instead of Jesus. But in the end, they, they picked Jesus. They forced Pilate's hand. And so now Jesus puts Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews, to, to stick it to the, the Jews just a little bit here. Jesus' humiliation is compiled. As we see the, the soldiers splitting his clothing up in four parts and then casting lots for the final piece of clothing, Jesus is completely humiliated on this cross watching all of this happen. It's pretty hard to see anything that we might call good on, on this Friday. Anything that, that we might call good from what these, in these events that, that happened. It seems like a great contradiction. We do get a little respite, though, from, from the pain and from the suffering. Jesus didn't get that, that respite, but we get a little good news here, right? As Jesus is hanging on the cross and he looks to his mother Mary and sees her there, and Jesus is concerned for her. Even amidst the, the humiliation and the pain, he is concerned for his mother. He knows that his death means that there's not going to be someone to take care of her. Because Joseph, uh, Jesus' earthly father here, Mary's husband, uh, seemed to be deceased at this time. Jesus' half-brothers, uh, Mary's sons, uh, didn't seem to really be in the picture at this point. And so Jesus wants to make sure that his mother is taken care of. He still has a heart for her and wants to make sure that after he is dead, that she is looked after. And so she give, he gives to her the disciple to whom he loved, John. And he gives John to, to Mary too. And John takes Mary into his household and treats him as a son would treat a mother. This might, we might call good. In fact, we might even call it heartwarming amidst everything that's going on right now. But it's not too long until we're plunged back into to the horrid scene that we see on Golgotha. We see this great contradiction of calling it Good Friday, and perhaps it becomes all the more contradictory when we think of the reason why Jesus was there in the first place. Because Jesus wasn't on the cross because Judas betrayed him, or because the soldiers arrested him in the Garden of Gethsemane, or because there were people that came as false witnesses and said false things about him. Jesus wasn't on the cross because the, the high priests and the teachers of the law and the Pharisees hated him. He wasn't on the cross because Pilate didn't have the backbone to stand up to the Jewish leaders. He wasn't on the cross because the, the soldiers lifted him up there and attended to him while he was murdered. Sure, that they played a part, right? They, they played a part in the physical death of Christ. 
But if you're looking for the reason why Jesus had to hang on that cross, it's sitting in this room tonight. It's you. It's, it's me. If you've ever uh, wondered if your sin meant anything to God, if you ever thought your sin was harmless, look at the cross. See the sacrifice and think again. If you ever thought that your sin had no consequence, or if you committed the, the harmless sin, look at the cross, see the sacrifice, and think again. Because on this Good Friday, we see one of the greatest contradictions of all time. The innocent, sinless, holy Son of God is hanging in the place where we deserve to be hanging. Dying the death we deserve to die, taking the punishment that we deserve to to have. And as we sit here tonight and we know that, that's kind of a hard scene to stomach. I had a basketball coach that, that really understood the concept of substitutionary sacrifice. I wasn't thinking that while I was playing basketball for him, uh, but, but it really rings true today. Let me give you an example of, of what I mean. In practice, we would be running some drill or, or, or scrimmaging, doing so, something of some sort. And if I didn't put the full effort into that play, if I slacked off on defense and let my guy get past me and he, he scored, coach would stop practice. But he wouldn't stop practice and have me run sprints. He, he would scold me, and then he would make me stand to the side and watch as my teammates ran sprints. Because he understood that, that substitution, uh, a, a substitute, taking the punishment that you deserve, is a painful thing. This communicated a message to me, and it was painful to watch my teammates run up and down the court for, for something that I did. No doubt, as we sit here tonight, it is somewhat similar. We feel convicted because we know that it was our sins that put Jesus on the cross. We know that the sins that I shrug off as if they were no big deal Tonight, I realize and I feel in a real way that these are real and they really mattered to God. They, they hurt the Savior that, that I love. So I should be mortified. I should be despondent over what this did to my, my Savior. And yet still, sitting here, I feel this contradiction, this great contradiction within me because although I should feel mortified, and sad and despondent over what my sins did to Jesus, I don't. I, I feel relief. And this is the strange, confusing thing that, that happens to us when, when we see the cross. And it's supposed to be this way. Because at the cross, two things meet. The law and the gospel. Justice and love both met at the cross. When we look at the cross, we see the law. We, we see what God demanded of us, and we see how we haven't lived up to that demand. When we look at the cross, we, we see that God is a just God that cannot leave sin unpunished. If he leaves sin unpunished, that would violate his justice. Sin deserves punishment, whether we think it's small or not. And so as we look at, at the cross, we see what we deserve for our sins. We see God's justice in full force. And we feel sorrow over what we have done. But at the cross, we also see the gospel. At the cross, we also see God's love. Because even though it was my sins that put Jesus there, 
Even though Jesus took the punishment that I deserve, God loved me so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for me and, and for you. Jesus loved you so much that he was willing to go through this death on the cross, this pain, this humiliation, so that you would be saved. He, he wants you to be forgiven. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to, to have heaven one day, so he was willing to do whatever it took to make that a reality for you. And because of the cross, he did. We have a sigh of relief on Good Friday. When Jesus says, it is finished. Because he's not saying that, that just his life is done. He's saying the work that he came to do was completed. It's written in stone. It's done. He has accomplished his work. He has been your substitute. He has made the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. This pain, this humiliation, and this sacrifice means that, that you are forgiven. That you are healed, as Isaiah said. By your, by your wounds, we are healed. Good Friday seems like a contradiction. To call this day good. But for you and I, it's the greatest contradiction of all time. That the sinless Son of God took our place as our substitute. That he suffered the punishment that we deserved. And because of that, we're forgiven. And we get to go to heaven. Because of the cross, we will praise Jesus all our days. Amen.